Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome. Welcome to Warriors Wrap Up. Wrap and up. Curry takes another three. It's up and good. He's got 62. On 95.7, the game. Pass to Wiseman off the pick and he flies in for a dunk. Jam. Oh, by Oubre. He caught it right at the restricted area. A bucket here, and that's your ball game. 17 seconds left. Shot clock at 10, down to 14. Morant pressured by JTA. Now goes to work with a dribble, drifting left side of the circle. Morant wants to drive. Spins on JTA, floats it up and in. John Morant turning and scoring, and the Warriors season may be done. 114-109. And Tim Roy on the call there. Brilliant game from Ja Morant and just not enough for the Warriors in overtime tonight after a thrilling comeback in the final three and a half minutes. The Dubs were down 10, forced it into overtime, actually had a brief lead in the overtime, but too much Ja Morant uh, and some bench players for the Grizzlies pitching in with some massive shots in overtime and the Warrior season, unfortunately, has come to an end at the hand of the Memphis Grizzlies. 117-112 to 112 is the final score in overtime. So they move on to the Western Conference playoffs to take on the Utah Jazz. And Ryan Covey, this one, this one uh, is another heartbreaker for the Dubs. And unfortunately, uh, they fail to make the playoffs for a second consecutive season. Yeah, and you know, J.D., throughout this entire game tonight, it was a real frustrating watch. Uh I kept hearing your voice in the back of my head, uh, your, your components for determining how a game's going. Are you playing a winning game or are you playing a losing game? And John Dickinson, the Warriors played a losing game for the majority of this game tonight. Uh, they didn't deserve to win this game, and ultimately they did not. 888-957-9570, We're going to keep it going here until at least 11 o'clock tonight to tie a bow on this ball game. Uh, your opportunity to uh, give us a call or shoot us a text uh, if you want to, to vent about this one. Uh, I'll pose the question on the macro scale just right off the top, and I know it's a hard question sometimes to answer in the moment, but it is a question that we do need to get to tonight, and we'll hear from Steve Kerr on this as well. You know, is this a successful season for the Golden State Warriors now that we know they will not see a postseason series uh, against the Utah Jazz in the first round? Uh, I think as far as the ball game tonight goes, 
uh, just a, a bad start for the Warriors. Uh, they, they fought back, and it was very similar, actually, to the game in Chase Center on Sunday where the Warriors got down 10, but by the end of the first quarter, they were up one. Tonight, they were down one. It was actually the same score, but the Grizzlies had the advantage at 30-29, to 29. Uh, but then the Grizzlies just took control of this thing in quarter number two. Uh, the Warriors, again, if there is one stat that will plague them and tell the story of these last two games, it, it's the turnovers. Uh, you look Look at it tonight, 21 more turnovers for the Warriors uh, after they wind up with the, the turnovers uh, in the ball game against the Lakers to the tune of 20. So 41 in two games, and the Warriors you know, clawed back in the third. They kept fighting, and it felt like Memphis was leaving the door open just to crack. Once you get to overtime, you're thinking, are the Warriors going to have enough left in the tank? Ultimately, they didn't. Uh, so I, I applaud the fight in this team, but it, it was just the carelessness and the sloppiness, and I think as time went on, fatigue that, that wound up being too much for this team to overcome, uh, even though Stephen Curry uh, was brilliant once again. Yeah, it was uh, the Grizzlies you felt like should have been up 20, 25. I mean, it was the Warriors were that sloppy and, and that just constipated offensively for so much of this game and it was it, it, you know in the fourth quarter you felt like well if Steph isn't going to have a Herculean effort you know the Warriors aren't going to win this basketball game and it was frustrating because you know you could see plays out there to be made but I just felt like you know the size of Memphis and the physicality really bothered the Warriors you could tell the Warriors you know seemed to be the more fatigued team I know Memphis is the youngest team in the postseason uh, and their youth certainly I think carried them through uh, so you give them a lot of credit Jaw played terrific tonight. I mean, him just getting first of all, hitting the threes. The Warriors left him open early. He knocked him down, had a career night shooting the three, and then as the game wore on, him getting to the basket uh, and just being able to create his own shot and get his. Like, pretty impressive stuff. He's he's a superstar. Like, well, he's on his way to superstardom in this league. He's already a young star. Um, but certainly opportunities going by the wayside for the Warriors. Uh, we know the, uh, the game plan, how teams are going to face Steph Curry. They're going to trap him. They're going to throw multiple bodies at him, and, you know, it just... There are ways to beat that coverage, but you have to protect the basketball and you have to make teams pay for double team and Steph. And time and time again, the Warriors would kind of break the press. But then when it came time to finish the deal, they'd either miss a layup, turn the ball over. Uh, Memphis would block the shot. I mean, it was just a bunch of little things tonight. And every time you turned around, uh, the Warriors were having another opportunity to go by the wayside. So frustrating, frustrating watch tonight, uh, because let's face it, like the Warriors blew a golden opportunity to be in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and you look at Memphis, I think what, what set the Warriors on their heels uh, was the three-point shot. The Grizzlies knocked down nine three-pointers in the first half. They wound up 15 for 35 in the game. They outmade the Warriors from three, 15 to 12, so a nine-point difference in what winds up being a, a five-point game. Uh, the, the Grizzlies were able to get to the free-throw line tonight 26 times. And I, it just, it just, the Warriors were just, it was a slog the whole game. And, it, you know, the turnovers, you look at Steph, he winds up with seven. Draymond with six, a similar situation to the ball game on, on Wednesday night where the best players are going to be in positions where they're going to have to make plays. And, you know, for as great as Steph Curry was these last couple of games scoring the basketball and, and helping to keep the Warriors alive, you know, you, you got to live with that. Andrew Wiggins had some tough finishes tonight, even though he wound up uh, with 22 points on, on 10 of 22. 
and it was kind of a mixed bag for Draymond. You know, Draymond w- was able to knock down the big three uh, in the overtime to to keep the Warriors, you know, right there after they had fallen behind four, but. He you know misses woefully at the end of of regulation when the Warriors had a chance after being down ten with three thirty to go to actually win the game in regulation. I know we talk a lot about you know timeout or no timeout, and and we'll hear from Steve Kerr on his decision why he didn't call the timeout. That would have been a situation where I probably would have called the timeout just to get yourself organized and figure yeah. out where you want to go if. The, the defense is going to be uber focused on Steph. I think, you know, tonight was a night where Jordan Poole hit some big shots. I, I think maybe they could have set up a play where either Wiggins got a layup uh, with all the action or maybe even Jordan Poole could have been set up to take a shot uh, to, at a game winner in, in regulation uh, if the Warriors had, had paused there to, to take a timeout to, to set up a play. So, uh, yeah. again, nitpicking a little bit on that, uh, obviously, when it doesn't work. At the end of regulation, you always second-guess it, but uh, one of many things to break down when you lose a game in the fashion the Warriors just did. Well, yeah, and look, it wasn't a live ball situation. Like, Memphis had turned it over, right? They had the shot clock violation, 9.2 seconds left, so... I would have been a big proponent of calling a timeout. Now, I know you had the momentum. Um, so, it, you know, you're inbounding. So, you know, it's an opportunity, in a sense, to, to get organized. And you could tell Dram was like, no, let's go, let's go. But you hurry up, but then, you, you know, you inbound the ball. Steph's got to take it the length of the floor. And, again, it's the slow dribble. I, to me, I, we see this time and time again at these end-of-game situations. Every team is insistent on just winding it down to the bitter end, and then it's a frantic rush to get off any kind of a quality look. Uh, look, if, if you're going to get off a quality shot there and actually run some action and run a play, I'm much more a proponent of that, even if it means shooting the rock with three and a half seconds left. I'd much rather get off a quality shot than just rush something and basically conceding overtime at that point. Like, uh, those end-of-game situations, time and time again for the Warriors this year certainly plagued them. Hopefully that's something that they can improve on next year as the expectations are going to be a little bit higher. But when you're sitting there watching, knowing like, hey, this might be your best chance to win this game here. Like, I would be more apt to get off a quality shot there and actually run a play as opposed to Steph just dribbling it again for a handful of seconds, giving it up, and then trying to push it and Draymond, you know, trying to hit a flailing, you know, runner off the glass as time expires. Like, that's, to me, that's such a low percentage shot. So that's where it was a little bit frustrating for me. Uh, And, and, you know, we've seen this time and time again this year. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Another heartbreaker for the Warriors as they wind up losing two games to in the play-in tournament tonight, 117-112 to 112 to the Grizzlies in overtime. So the Warriors' season is over without the playoffs uh, for a second consecutive season. Uh, the lottery is what's next up for the Warriors. That's on June the 22nd. The draft is on July the 29th. And uh, one interesting note here, uh, out of uh, the, the Warriors' loss tonight, they, they wind up getting the 14th slot in the lottery with their own pick. Now, I know Warriors fans are not thinking about that tonight, like it's you know some great advantage or anything, but they do get, I, I believe it's a 2.4% chance uh, of, of that pick uh, being maybe in the top four, uh, and, and obviously a 97% chance that it's going to wind up being 14th, but the Warriors wind up being the best team in the league that fails to qualify uh, for the postseason. Uh, it remains to be seen where the, the Minnesota pick will hit. Obviously, the most likely scenario there uh, is 7, 8, uh, or, you know, 7 or 8. 
uh, you know, in, in all likelihood, the Grizzlies obviously, or, or the Timberwolves rather, if they get you know in the top three, the the pick would then go to them, and the Warriors uh, would have to wait until next year uh, for that pick to convey. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's go ahead and hear from Steve Kerr here uh, a little bit earlier than we normally do. I I think it is pertinent tonight. We also have a lot of people that want to talk uh, on the phone lines. Uh, let's, uh, let's actually, you know what, Let, let's scrap that and get to the calls. Uh, let, let's start with Mike in San Leandro. Mike, you're on Warriors wrap up here, uh, tipping us off on a Friday night. What's up, Mike? Uh, Baysmore made a shot and I thought it was a three pointer. The announcer said it was a deep three pointer. He scored it. And after the Warriors scored three buckets, they showed six points on the board. And I'm going, why doesn't it show seven? So the whole game Everybody's thinking that Baysmore made a two, but did he make a three? I thought he made a three, and I think the way I see it, the Warriors in regulation won by a point. I don't understand what the, the first shot of the game that went down Baysmore wasn't that a three? I think the first shot. The, Mike, I appreciate the call. I know exactly what you're talking about. The first shot of the game was originally it was originally put up on the scoreboard as a three on on the ESPN telecast. It was actually even originally announced by the PA announcer. I could hear him as a three pointer, but it was very quickly the officials had it as a two, and it was corrected immediately. So it was a it was a two point shot from the jump, and and. You know, originally called a three, but it was a two, and the score was correct uh, throughout the course of the game. Ray in San Francisco is next. Ray, you're on uh, Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Ray? What's up, guys? Hey, tough loss, tough loss. And um, I'm about to say something right now that's going to be not very popular with a lot of people, but I'm going to say it. I want Steve Kerr gone. I want him gone. I love the guy for what he's done for us over seven years, but – 44 and 83 over the last two seasons doesn't cut it for me. I'm sorry. Um, he hasn't developed any young players, period. Okay. And if you want to bring up Jordan Poole, you can go ahead and do that. But that, that to me, doesn't count. Um, we have two potential really high draft picks in the upcoming draft, okay? In the upcoming draft, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, okay? You need one of those five guys on the Warriors next year, even if you have to make a trade. I have no confidence at all in Steve Kerr developing those younger players. He's had seven years to develop younger players. He hasn't developed one. I'm All right, Ray. Thanks. Appreciate the call. We let you. We let you get in. We got a lot of people that want to talk tonight. Here's the bottom line: when you're picking at the end of the first round. Aside from James Wiseman, and we know his season was disappointing for a number of different reasons, can't call that a, 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 you know, a, a bust or a disappointment or anything like that yet. When you're picking at the end of the first round and you wind up finding rotation players like, oh, I don't know, Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney, uh, those are players that have developed, right? I mean, Juan Toscano-Anderson was out of the league. He developed from where he was on a two-way contract at the beginning of the year. You watched it right between your own eyes. Uh, and look, the Warriors were focused on winning championships. When you're focused on winning championships, player development among guys that are getting picked 28th and 30th and 40th in the draft is not a primary objective. Like it's just it, it's this team went thirty nine and thirty three. They lost they lost a couple of play in games. Their season is over. But I, I just I, I can't I can't get down with that, Kove. If the Warriors, if Poole and JTA wind up being rotation players next year, 
that means that Steve Kerr developed them into that role this year. It's just flat out inaccurate. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I agree with everything you said, and I don't really agree with anything the caller said. And look, everybody's entitled to their opinion. It's just Steve Kerr, first of all, 15 wins last year. Like, come on. Steve Kerr was forced into coaching a G League squad, okay? And yeah, when you go to five finals and win three titles, would you rather your team was developing for tomorrow or winning the freaking NBA title? Sorry, go ahead. Let's keep it moving. Jesse in San Jose. Uh, actually, no, let's get to Doug in Berkeley. Doug is the longest hole on the board. Doug, you're up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Doug? Hey, guys. How you doing? Um, good, good. I don't agree with everything Ray said, but he made some good points. Kerr didn't develop those players. Uh, the G League guys developed those players. Uh, you guys ragged on me the other day because I said that Kerr, in, five, in seven years, has been talking about we make too many turnovers. And in seven years, they keep making turnovers. This year was a great year, a great opportunity for the developing team to teach them how to value the ball. You guys, you guys nitpicked tonight's game. The reason they lost this game, the reason they lost the Lakers game, is because they made too many turnovers. When you've got a high-powered offense like they had in the winning years, it's great. John Madden said it. Winning is a great deodorant. Get the turnovers cut down. That's a big, glaring flaw in Kerr's resume. I love him. He's great. The Warriors have been great. I'm a Warriors fan for 25 years. Cut down the turnovers, please. And don't rag on your callers when they, when they say they point out these accurate deficiencies in, in what the Warriors are doing. Okay? Doug, thanks for the call. Have a nice life. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Literally the first thing we talked about out of the gate tonight, Covey, was turnovers cost the Warriors both of these games. Here's the thing. You aren't going to teach Steph Curry and Draymond Green at this stage of their career how to not turn the basketball over. So don't come in here with this, it's a developing team nonsense. The reason the Warriors had so many turnovers were because they're Potential, their future Hall of Famers had turnovers, both of them, in excess in these two games. Others did as well, but you just, it's the best players lead. LeBron James averages more turnovers than Steph Curry does for his career. Why? Because he has the ball in his hands and he's told, it's your game, go win it or lose it. Even the greatest players don't always come through and make mistakes. Yeah, and and look, I mean, I. And again, if, if people want to cite that as the reason that's ailing the Warriors right now, clearly the turnovers weren't an issue when they won five titles, okay? Like bottom line, or excuse me, when they went to five finals and won three titles, okay? That's just some bottom line stuff for me. And yeah, it's frustrating. And right now, that's certainly, it can't be argued that the turnovers crippled this team in these last couple games because back in the day, they were good enough to overcome them. Now, they're not. And yes, if they're going to continue to turn the ball over like this, the Golden State Warriors will never be back in the Western Conference Finals, let alone in the NBA Finals. Like, I think we can all agree on that. But it's And also, we need to understand, too, about Steve Kerr's offense. Like, the Warriors also led the NBA in assists this year on average per game with that roster. Why? Because they move the basketball. They don't play isolation ball. That's a, no, that's a great point. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco and Odyssey Station. It's John Dickinson and Ryan Covey. It's Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. It's a Friday night. The people are fired up as the Warriors season is over. 
the Grizzlies beat the Dubs 117 to 112 uh, in overtime. So the Warriors uh, do not make the playoffs for a second consecutive year. Full lines. Uh, let, let's keep it moving. Galileo, Galileo uh, is, is up next in Fremont. Hey guys, was at the game. I'm so proud of Jordan Poole's development. Last night, missed the three. Jared Dudley was on the court yelling. We know what happened. Today, gets fouled on the three. It's all three free throws. No one guaranteed us overtime. We're running on fumes. Eight-man rotation. They're playing two six eleven guys. Valanciunas got in check. Only had about, you know, thirteen rebounds, under ten points. I'm really proud of this team, and I'm excited for the future. Thanks for taking my call. I'll let you respond offline. Yeah, appreciate the call. Look, the job that the Warriors did when they were down 10 with 3.30 to go, I mean, you get Poole and and one. Poole got fouled on the three. Now, I know, Covey, we both texted each other, like, in the same moment. Like, why the Grizzlies didn't uh, challenge that? I mean, that looked like it would be an easy challenge for an offensive foul with Poole kicking his leg out. Uh, They didn't. You give Poole credit for knocking down the – the three free throws and and helping the Warriors get back into that game. And then you look at at him hitting the three uh, in the the overtime session uh, for the Warriors that that gave them the lead at 109-107. He hits the three that that gives them a a miracle maybe chance if they can force a turnover in the final five seconds. Uh, Jordan Poole did show in these last two games that the moment is not too big for him. And and honestly, it's, it's one of the bigger bummers for me uh, from a Warriors standpoint, that they don't get to play in a playoff series because Jordan Poole specifically, to, to if he would have got to play four, five, six, however many more playoff games, that just leads to growing confidence to make more plays in the big moments. And, and he was a guy that would have been one of the heroes tonight had the Warriors been able to pull this thing off. Yeah, no, it's it's a great point. And Poole's development this year is certainly something you're going to hang your hat on. Very disappointing that we're not going to get to see him get that opportunity uh, against the Utah Jazz. And yes, Jordan Poole, though, on that three ball, kicked out. He swept the leg like he was in freaking Cobra Kai. Uh, and, and the fact that that wasn't challenged was just absolutely flabbergasting. Um, and it really opened the door for the Warriors to get back in and had a chance to win the game. Honestly, Memphis tried to give this game to the Warriors down the stretch. The Warriors just basically was like, nah, we're good. I mean, and, and look, the, the Warriors do get credit for turning up the heat defensively. No question. They got Valanciunas to foul out. Like, they did some really good things defensively in the second half. And a lot of that was Draymond and Wiggins, JTA. But for as great as they were defensively, they were lost offensively in so many stretches tonight. It was a it was a grinded out kind of game, and that's exactly the kind of game that Memphis wanted. Memphis didn't want to track meet in this game. They did lead, you know, they were one of the faster paced teams in the NBA, but it's knowing your opponent and understanding the matchups. Like, and I thought Memphis actually played a terrific road game tonight. And uh, and when it was all said and done, they deserved to win. But they did try to give the game to the Warriors. The Warriors were like, nah, we're good. You you, you played well. You you deserve to win this game, Memphis. Yeah, it, it was the classic. I mean, you you touched on it. You know, the, the Warriors did not play a winning game. Memphis did play a winning game right up until it got to that 330 mark. And then Memphis looked like a team that hadn't been there before. That, that They looked like a team that was on the brink and could taste the fact that they were going to clinch a playoff spot with this young group after they got snuffed out in the play-in tournament last year in the bubble. And it, it looked like they got a little tight. It looked like they were going to gag it, to be perfectly honest. And then you've got the Warriors with Steph and Draymond, and you're thinking if, if, the, if the door is left open a crack, 
those two with Wiggins maybe and Poole were going to just bust the damn thing open and, and steal it from him and turn it into a you know what would have been an unbelievably heartbreaking loss going the other way. But but you're right. It, it, that, the game to me felt that way all night. It felt like yeah. the Warriors actually deserved to be down a lot more than they were. And I, I just kind of had this thought, like, God, the Warriors are still going to win this game. I really did. Even at that 330 mark, you know, once Poole had the, the and one to cut it from 10 down to 7, I thought, now nah, you know what, they're right in it. And then they, they, get, a quick, uh, they get a quick stop, and, and, you know, Draymond gets a, lay, a, a layup, and, and all of a sudden they're down 5, like in a blink. And in a minute they had cut, uh, you know, from 10 to 5, and it's like – and the Grizzlies look tight at that point. So uh, it, I thought once it got to overtime, the Warriors really had a great shot to win it, but it was it was Grayson Allen and Xavier Tillman, and Ooh. I mean it was it was unbelievable, the, the, and and a lot of John Morant too. Obviously, he played an incredible game as you pointed out, but it wound up being the other guys. They they had some unlikely heroes in the overtime making shots, and that's one of the stories of this game for the Grizzlies. They made shots tonight at a level that they don't typically. Yeah, they hit a bunch of threes, and it was, yeah, the, Grayson Allen, those back-to-back threes in overtime. It was like, really? Warriors about to lose to freaking Grayson Allen? Uh, you know, Draymond hit the three right after that to get the lead back to one, and shout-out to Juan Toscano-Anderson with the hustle play to, to get that ball back for the Warriors. Poole hit the three, but then you got to give props to Tillman, too, uh, with the shot clock winding down. That corner three, that was probably the shot of the game. I know Ja put it on ice, you know, with a couple of uh, couple of buckets in the paint, but, man, that, that corner three from Tillman, to beat the buzzer that was just clutches all get out man and it just I really I, I was kind of thinking all night man the Warriors are gonna lose this game they, they don't look like they're they're invested and they don't look crisp and they're looking sloppy uh they're looking tired and they're looking like hey Steph come save us I felt like for the most of the night the Warriors weren't gonna win the game and then I'm like well okay I guess I guess I I forgot that I'm dealing with Steph Curry here and and these guys are gonna find a way I figured they'd find a way to make it close but we've seen this movie before too with the late game execution and they blew their chance to to draw something up at the end of the game there uh, at the end of regulation to possibly win it and then in overtime ran out of steam and, and then Memphis made the plays and the Warriors didn't so at that point absolutely Memphis deserved to take it home. 650 with a great text and you can text us as well at 888-957-9570 to the previous caller you can't say Kerr can't develop players and then in the same sentence say Jordan Poole doesn't count like what well said like right there point blank uh, end of story well said Richard and Belmont is next Richard you're on 957 the game Yeah hi uh you asked the question about <clears throat> success uh the idea you know was it a success I see it like this. Uh, statistically, for Curry, it was, especially with his injury last year. He came back and he showed that he's, you know, still very good. Fremont, uh, he got in shape, he statistically uh, pulled. But as a whole, I would say for the team, it's not a success. I don't think it was a success for the coaching staff because of the last two games and the outcome. Also, I think where they have to kick themselves in the butt is once they, when they came out in the third quarter, I weren't focused because that's the game they could have won, they should have won. And I look at that third quarter allowing out all those fouls, and that's where they have to go and, and kick themselves because that was the game and that was the moment that they could have been a success and they let it go. That's my answer to your question. 
thanks, Richard. I appreciate it. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I was thinking a lot during the game tonight about the game on Wednesday, and we talked about it, free swing, but the Warriors played, I thought, much closer uh, to a winning game on Wednesday night and didn't get it than they did tonight. Oh, there's no doubt. Uh, and, and the Lakers were ripe to be beaten. Uh, the Warriors just weren't able to make enough plays down the stretch. Tonight it was Memphis was the better basketball team. And the Warriors, you know, whether you want to call it fatigue, um, you know, maybe they, they took Memphis lightly, the fact that they'd already beaten them on Sunday. I don't know what it was, but I, I think, you know, it's it's easy to forget too. I mean, this Memphis team has overachieved by and large for the last two years, and that's a galvanized group. So um, I, I think they're on their way to being a, you know, at least a, uh, you know, a contender in the West, not a championship contender, but, you know, just a tough out in the West. And, you know, there's there's a lot of really good teams in the Western Conference. I mean, just look at the playing tournament participants, for God's sake, uh, the Spurs, the Lakers, the Dubs, uh, and Memphis, you know, comes out on top, winning both of their games in order to do it. So, um, you know, two years in a row they've they've shown well and um clearly John Morant's a star you know the addition of Valanchunas has been huge for them Dylan Brooks you know he wasn't at his best tonight but he's a you know a solid player Kyle Anderson I mean the the defense tonight and some of the heady plays that he made um sure the Warriors it was a lot of the unforced error varieties with the turnovers but I thought Kyle Anderson just positionally was so sound tonight and he just played a high IQ basketball game it was you could tell he was you know he's like your friend that went to uh to you know boarding school when they were a kid he went to Spurs school uh and he brought all those those same lesson plans with them to Memphis tonight like so yeah man Kyle Anderson I thought played a terrific game uh and he was a huge reason why they won as well all right uh 888-957-9570 he's Ryan Covey I'm John Dickinson we're going to keep it rolling tonight uh as long as the people want to talk to us as the Warrior season comes to an end JB Jesse Eric Dr. Dan White Mike you guys are all coming up right out of the shoot here we'll hear from Steve Kerr we'll hear from Steph Curry as well and also an injury update uh, on Stephen Curry one you're not going to want to miss from the post-game zoom session that is all straight ahead Warriors wrap-up rolling on here on 95.7 the game call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. To-
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Couldn't be prouder of the group. Just uh, incredible effort, uh, determination. They stuck together. They made this season really meaningful over the last couple of months. That's important. I think our young guys really grew. I think our vets had great years. So fun to see Kevon Looney healthy again. Uh, Steph and Draymond have just fantastic years. I think uh, we made a lot of strides this year and I'm really, really excited about what's what's next for this group. But for now, really disappointed that, that they're not gonna get the chance to, uh, to play in the playoffs. It would have been a lot of fun. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Steve Kerr there, post-game Zoom Room. Grizzlies beat the Warriors tonight at Chase Center, 117-112. So the Warriors see their season come to an end. 888-957-9570. Ryan Covey, John Dickinson here. Uh, Always the appropriate uh, amount of balance and perspective uh, from Steve Kerr. Hurts a lot in the moment, but there are a a lot of Warriors that that had real positive seasons. I think, you know, Steph 
ob- is the is the is the major one. You know, Draymond being top three for Defensive Player of the Year, Looney just staying healthy and making an impact, and and I think Andrew Wiggins uh, had a real nice year and and grew a lot during this stretch where the Warriors went fifteen and five before these final couple of games ended up doing them in. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to talk about the positives uh, on a night like this because it's also raw, but. Those are some some big time boxes checked that we didn't know, you know five months ago uh, tomorrow when this thing tipped off back on December the twenty second. Yeah, no no question, and you know I, I think from my perspective, like you know talking about hoops and doing these pre and post game shows, it's fun. Like and I love watching Steph Curry play basketball. I love watching this Warriors team. Uh, you know, we, I've been able to, to, and you too, J.D., we've been fortunate enough to be covering these teams through Steve Kerr's entire tenure. I know you even way longer than that. And um, to see this thing come to an end tonight, it, it, it sucks because I wanted to see Steph Curry take on the Utah Jazz and see what they could do. I wanted to see Donovan Mitchell going head up with Steph. I wanted to see Draymond out there with Gobert. Like, that would have been really fun. And it sucks that it's over. Um, but you can also, and, and look, in a lot of ways, the Warriors beat themselves tonight. So you can be frustrated with with that, you can understand why they lost. You can still be proud of the effort. Look, this team lost Ubre, Wiseman, Pascal, Damian Lee, not to mention Clay Thompson for a second straight year. And if that's an eye roll for anybody out there, because, you know, maybe, you know, a couple of those guys aren't, quote, superstars or made men in the NBA yet, there's still rotational players on this roster. And you need more than eight guys to take a deep run into the into the regular season and through the playoffs. That's just some period point blank stuff. So um, I think this team did come together. They won six games in a row to end the regular season. Played the Lakers down to the wire and came back and forced overtime against Memphis tonight. A lot to be proud of. A lot to be excited about for next year. It still sucks though that the season's over. You can feel the same way about those both of those things. All right, we got full phone lines eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. JB in San Jose. JB, you're up first here this segment on Warriors wrap up. What's up, JB? Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, to me, I think it was a disappointing season. I, all the positives you're talking about, I, I just don't see it. And the reason why is because you got superstar players like Draymond Green, Steph Curry, making you know mental mistakes these are championship players and they're turning the ball over which is a bad recipe for young guys coming in trying to um, be a role model for the for the younger for the for, for the younger guys that's coming in so the bottom line is the only way you're going to fix this you have to change the coach because he's not fixing the problem and Steve Kerr I think has to go thank you Thanks, JB. Appreciate the call, man. 888-957-9570-888-957-9570. I just don't get it. I, I really don't, and I know it's a it, it's not a majority. In fact, it's a it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty small small percentage in in reality. Maybe a greater percentage that calls this show after the season comes to an end than, than reality, Covey. But I, I just don't understand how. It, it it comes to that in in people's eyes, uh, where, where it, it 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 falls on Steve Kerr. They're playing with eight guys. Like this is you know Steph it played at an MVP level, and and Draymond did his thing, and like this team, it, it's a disappointment that they didn't make the playoffs. I think that's more than fair, and I know we're going to talk a lot about that the next week. Like if you want to say, hey, this you know this team didn't 
check a box because they didn't make the playoffs, I'm fine with that. I, I actually yeah. would tend to agree with that. It's a tough thing to say tonight, but as we get farther removed from tonight's game specifically, I actually think I'm going to be a little bit harder on them overall for not making the playoffs. And this offseason, I'm going to be harder on them for not making the playoffs. Like You're not going to get the benefit of the doubt of being a playoff team you know, as you go through, like this team has work to do in the off season, uh, as far as improving this roster. Like, I think that's the one thing you take away from from tonight in the last two games. It's a reminder that this team still needs to get better. And I think you know that may be for me the lone positive, the the real like macro positive is you look at losing these two games, Covey. And, and and it forces you, if you're Joe Lacob and Bob Myers and Steve Kerr, to say, you know what, this w- w- the guys that played tonight, it, it's a nice start, but it ain't enough. And, and I think one thing that we were kind of in a danger zone of happening, had the Warriors continued to win and even go and play Utah and take them to six or seven, is I think there was going to be a certain portion of the fan base that were going to think that this team was kind of made for next year. And the reality is, it was a nice run. But and they'll take some pieces from it that'll apply, but the truth is they still got to get a lot better. Yeah, there's no doubt, and that's where you know some of the things that ailed them. I mean, look, it's it's the Steph Curry show, and you give Steph all the credit in the world. He literally played like an MVP this entire season and ramped it up the last two months of the season to a level we haven't seen from him in years, really since his you know unanimous MVP season. So uh, he gets all the credit in the world for that. I still maintain a team that you know whose number two player and Draymond Green can't really score the basketball with any regularity. That's just a bit of a problem, and that's something that they're going to need to address. The good news is Clay Thompson's coming back, James Wiseman. Like there are ways for this team to get better just with guys that are in the room. But even beyond that we both know they're going to need to to go shopping and they're going to need to uh to address this roster in in a pretty measured way uh as it applies to that bench unit next year so we'll see what they can do and yes no question the fact that they didn't make the playoffs when they had this golden opportunity to do so can't be categorized as anything other than a disappointment pj in oakland pj you're up next hey pj Hey, how you guys doing? Um, Good. I just want to say, you know, looking forward to next season. I'm kind of excited because we were short, man, and we competed hard against the Lakers. We had a chance. We competed hard against um, Memphis today. But the thing that hurts me the most is, you know, seeing Steph have the season that he did and then it ending like this because it basically just gives all his naysayers the silver bullet you know, to, to take shots at, you know, his legacy. They're going to say, oh, well, he couldn't carry the Warriors to the playoffs and, and, and things of that nature. So it frustrates me. Like you said, you know, Draymond only coming out and scoring two points against the Lakers and we lose by three. Well, if he, six points, Dre, we come, we come out with that game. If you, you know, take a little bit of initiative, you know, to think to score sometimes, you know, he, he could at least make that layup. He missed it because he was thinking pass first. So, you know, I mean, we got an opportunity to get better. Me personally, I like Davion Mitchell uh, coming out the draft. Maybe uh, Kai Jones with the number 14 pick. And then Justine and Justin coming up. So, I'm, I feel like there's hope. But, yeah, man, it, it hurts to see uh, Steph's season end like this with, with how high he was riding on. So I'll just leave it at All that. Right. Thanks, PJ. Let's get to Eric in Oakland. Eric's up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Hey, Eric. Yeah, I think they had a great season, but my only criticism is that um, we started out the year with three centers, uh, Chris, uh, 
uh, Looney and uh, Wiseman. And then Chris goes down for the season with a broken leg, and we don't bring a replacement in or another big man. And I almost think that maybe they were thinking, like, once he went down and then Wiseman went down, basically the season was over. And I think that was a mistake. I can't believe, like, there wasn't another center out there, like a Zaja or even uh, the center that, that left for the Lakers a couple of years ago that they couldn't have picked up. It just seems like you're taking a chance. Uh, Looney had a great year. But in the past, he's been injury-prone, and I always kept crossing my fingers, like, please don't go down, Looney. But it, it kind of seemed like that was a position that they should have filled in, and they left a few open roster spots. And I always kept thinking, like, why don't they bring in a big man? And finally, they bring in Bell, but they brought him in too late. I was almost wondering, if you brought him in near the end of the season, why didn't you bring him in earlier to get him incorporated or even another big man? And I, I think that's the one flaw that they're going to have to fix for next year. Because we tend to focus on uh, players like Curry, Clay, and Draymond. But really, if you think about their championship teams, they had really good big men. I mean, they had Bogut, um, and then they had really good fill-ins like Shaja and a couple of other big men. And that's the one thing that they never really took care of this season. And I think that's the reason they ended up losing, because you can play small, but you just expend so much energy um, if you're going to play small the entire game and you need big men to kind of fill in and kind of give you a balance, and they never really took care of that. So that's my only but, negative feedback, but I think they had a great year, and I'm looking forward to next year. Th- thanks for the call, Eric. I do think that's a fair criticism that they didn't add another body. I think they got a little bit caught in between, though, as far as they were successful playing small, and I think they were more successful than maybe they would have been had they tried to, to wedge another big in there. Now, that being said, you still need to have the body on your roster as an emergency option. And I think you know Eric Paschal could have probably filled some of that void uh, as an incumbent player, not a true center by any stretch, but I think he could have filled that void a little bit if he had been healthy to kind of get them through here and there. Uh, but I, I think... It, the Warriors went small and played eight because it gave them the best chance to win and because they just had a, a couple of guys like Oubre and Lee and Pascal who were injured. It was sort of by force, but they were successful enough with it to where they kept rolling it. But you don't want to, you know, it, so it worked, but in the end it also cost them, if that makes sense. And it, it, I do think it's fair, though, to look back in hindsight and say they needed maybe one more big as an insurance policy. That's definitely something on the on the offseason to-do list for next year, even with Wiseman coming back. Yeah, that's and that's where it becomes ultimately relevant is on into next year. And look, the Warriors got routinely crushed on the glass. They were one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA. Offensively, they were the worst rebounding team in the NBA. So that was certainly a shortcoming of the team. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, sometimes, you know, playing, having to play small and expending all that energy, the byproduct of that is maybe fouling a little bit more than you want. Some of those turnovers when you're playing eight, you know, you can you can make the other team pay with, you know, playing that small ball style and moving the rock. But I think some of that fatigue ultimately caught up to him with the turnovers and, and the fouling. And I think all those things are, are, are kind of woven together in a certain way. So just having more depth, period, uh, is going to go a long way next year. All right, Dr. Dan. Dr. Dan, you're up next here on Warriors Wrap-Up. What's up, Dr. Dan? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I lost my voice, so you got to bear with me, okay? Um, the season was by far one of the most productive seasons, but yet 
a disappointment at the very end. But, however, they, I do agree with some of the other guys that were talking about getting a big man. They're missing the Petulias. They're missing Jaja. They're missing, uh, what's his name, the, the first guy, uh, the big guy from Australia. Bogut. <laughs> forget Bogut. his name. Huh? Yeah, Andrew yeah. Bogut. Oh, Bogan. Yeah, all right, Bogan. thank you. Yeah, big, big all right. But uh, one more thing was that Stephen Curry had an MVP season for sure. He's got to be in the voting. I mean, come on, give me a break. The guy from Denver, he's out. The guy eats a scrub. But Stephen Curry. <laughs> uh, all right, thanks, Dan. All right, Dan. I, 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 you know what? It was against my better judgment. I was gonna. I was trying to. Dan was fighting through the voice, and uh. and he couldn't remember. You know, he he said Pachulia and Zaza, same guy. <laughs> And then it was, you know, then it was who's that guy? The Australian guy, Bogut. Okay, he's fighting through it. I'm like, I'm gonna give him one more shot, and then I probably shouldn't have given him another shot. Jokic oh, is a scrub. Jokic is a scrub. <laughs> okay, <sighs> let's uh, let let's go to Mike. We got a lot of lot of good sound to get to here. You're not gonna believe, by the way, what Draymond Green had to say about the off season, and we got more from Steph Curry and and Steve Kerr as well. Uh, let, let's go to Mike in Oakland. White Mike in Oakland. You're up, uh, you're up here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Thanks for making that clear, J.D. Hey, man, you guys don't know me, but I know you both very well, and I really appreciate everything you do in before and after each game, and you guys are ultimate professionals. I just wanted to let you know that before I get into the game here. Now, tonight, I can't believe how we just uh, – it seemed like they were so – like tight because uh, they couldn't like catch the pass and they weren't looking at the ball into their hands or whatever, you know, like they, every little, there was so many, I mean, I can handle the, the high risk turnovers because, you know, you got to live with that stuff because that's what's also gotten us our success. But some of those, I mean, some of the turnovers tonight was just uncharacteristic of even high risk Draymond and, and I haven't felt like this since we lost in 2016. But, I mean, as far as the season, I am I have no complaints. I mean, Steve Kerr has done what he can with the skeleton crew. I mean, got he's, you know, pulls coming along. But that, all of that, in fact, I have no real complaints except for just those things about the turnovers. And, and I'm not saying that it's anybody's fault. It's just you got to take it or leave it, you know. And it's just disappointing to lose to this team and – I think I think we should have made a, an adjustment on uh, Morant's in this game, whereas the other game we let him shoot as much as he wanted from outside, and he didn't want to. Tonight he was just like, I'm going with it, and I think that they should have uh, probably just done something to to guard him a little more because he was he was getting off, and we let him we let him get off and be the star that is. This is the first thing I've ever seen him do personally because I don't really watch a lot of his uh-huh. games, but. Yeah, he did well tonight. But other than You'll that, I'm not more impressed of with him. I think he he just got hot. <laughs> yeah, All right, man. Thanks, thanks Mike. Guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, John Moran was a career high for him in terms of three pointers uh, made with the with the five. And look, the game plan was let him shoot, and the game plan and and it burned the Warriors tonight, and it and it burned him early. I mean, that was the first sign of trouble was the Grizzlies coming out and knocking down nine threes. In, in the first half, and, and they kept giving him to jaw, and, and he kept taking him, and, and he beat him. And, and I think, you know, the Warriors were trying to pack the paint. They were trying to not uh, allow drives. They were trying to not allow Valanchunas to, to get off. They were trying to not let Kyle Anderson get all the way in there with his slow, plodding, 
uh, moves, and that meant they were going to give certain players threes. And tonight for the Grizzlies, you look at it, uh, guys knocked him down. Uh, you know, yeah. and, and I mean Grayson Allen knocked him down. I mean Xavier Tillman knocked down a couple of threes. I mean this, you look at that tonight. I mean Tillman and and Grayson Allen six for eight from three-point range combined for those two. Six for eight from three-point range combined. I mean, that's one you wouldn't have thought of going into this game tonight. In a game you lose by five in OT. Yeah, didn't have that one on my pregame scouting report, J.D., but I agree with what White Mike said. We are too professional. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I agree with what uh, White Mike (laughs) said, though, about the Warriors just looking tight, and you could just tell. Like, they they were stiff, and it just didn't look fluid. And we've seen, you know, when they've been in the small ball uh, lineup, you know, with these eight, we've seen nights where they look fluid as hell, right? Everything's working. They're making the right read and transition, and it leads to a, a great look, knocks down an open shot. It once the fourth quarter came around and it was just clank city, you could just tell like they weren't a confident group out there and they gutted it out. And I know that's why Steve Kerr said he was proud of the team. And I, I think he should be proud of the team, but you could be proud of the team and also be disappointed in the result. And, and ultimately, uh, they just didn't execute well enough tonight. They look like a really tight basketball team. And that was I didn't expect that. I thought they were going to come out and play loose and actually play a really uh, top flight game tonight, um, like kind of like they did in L.A., particularly in the first first half but uh it just wasn't meant to be and, and they didn't execute but it, it surprised me how tight they looked for the majority of this game tonight yeah they looked tight early and I think that allowed Memphis to get comfortable and then as the Warriors were digging to come back in this game they looked really gassed like it's early to mid third quarter you know when the Warriors were actually putting the clamp down defensively 24 uh 16 Warriors in the third it felt like if the Warriors had any ju- any real juice that might have been 31 to 16 and then it would have taken totally. on a completely different tone in that fourth quarter if the Warriors had been able to come all the way back they were down uh 13 at the half and they were able to cut it from 13 to 5 but it felt like with the way they were defending, if they had just had legs, had juice, they might have actually pushed ahead by the end of the third quarter, and then it would have been a totally different feel with Chase Center going crazy uh, in that fourth quarter, and and maybe at that point the Grizzlies feeling the pressure a little bit. Maybe they collapsed down the stretch rather than feeling like they could gain confidence as they did to build their own 10-point lead. Yeah, and and that's, you know, when the Warriors are getting stops defensively and getting out in transition, that's their bread and butter, right? And and they they got the first part of it. They were getting the stop, but, uh, you know, the transition game was getting stalled with bad turnovers and missed shots. So, yeah, they missed a golden opportunity. You nailed it, man. They held the Grizzlies to 16 points in the third, 21 in the fourth. The Grizzlies scored 18 in overtime, right? In the five-minute overtime, they scored 18 after scoring 16 in the third and 21 in the fourth. Like, they just ran out of gas and and when they had their opportunity to come back in this game way before that push in the final couple of minutes, they, you know, Memphis, like I said, kept leaving the door open, but the Warriors just didn't have the offensive juice to come on in. Let's get to Marshall. Marshall in Sacramento is up next here. Marshall, you're on Warriors wrap-up. Hey, Marshall. Hey, guys. I'm really – thank you for taking my call. I actually called in because I was starting to get mad at all the trolls that were coming out tonight. It's clear <laughs> that there's a lot of people – who aren't uh, old-time Warrior fans, I thought that the Warriors way overperformed where they were supposed to be. If you had told me that Steph Curry and a bunch of G League players were going to be in the position to uh, be in the playoffs, I would have been shocked. I mean, the fact that 
Curry was having to drop 50 points and be in the top three of MVPs just to be in the, the running for playoffs. I, I just, I'm surprised at how many people were coming after Steve Kerr. And the fact that we turned George Poole, who was a, a glorified G League player last year, into like what looks like a potential future rotational player. Like, I don't understand where people are coming that we, we can't develop talent. You just look at that and you look at even Michael Boulder, who wasn't even in the league, uh, or JGA, who was playing for Mexico. I mean, how can you say that we don't develop people? I just, I don't get it. And I know a lot of people are upset, but it just seems a little extreme for people to not be able to look. Yeah, no, thanks, Marshall. I think I think that's a great point. And look, the, the, I think the the frustrating part of this season is the fact that you really can look at it both ways. Like you can look at it as if this team overperformed, thirty nine and thirty three. Uh, I thought it, uh, they were about thirty eight win. Like I was, it was right in the range. I think that we all expected. But there were so many games that got away that you could say, wait a minute, it, it, it could have been better. I'm not saying should have been, but could have been better. But then at the same time, when you take a step back and you look at how well Steph had to play for them to win some of these games, it, it changes the calculus a little bit. And, and I think when you look at the fact that it was an eight-man unit here coming down the stretch of this season, that can change uh, the, the calculus, I, I think, a little bit uh, as well. Let's sneak in one more here. Uh, Drew in Oakland uh, before we pause, and we've got a lot of people that want to talk. Hey, Drew, you're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, good evening, fellas. I appreciate you taking my call. Hey, the first thing I, I want to get to is uh, you guys touched on it. I mean, why, with nine seconds to go, why wasn't a timeout called to gather your thoughts, to come up with a play, and then say, hey, look, if nothing opens up, Wiggins, uh, drive the lane, get fouled, and win it with a basket uh, at, from the line. But yeah, we'll get to that after. But going forward, I, J.D., I've been calling you all season long, and we've talked about uh, how we need a true six and seven. I don't want to develop guys. All these say, oh, they can't develop. We don't have time to develop guys. We need like a Trez Harold, a power forward and a big man coming in who we can hand it off to when Curry and hopefully Clay comes back and uh, – and Draymond sit down, you know, to, to manage this team. We need the new uh, version of Iguodala and Livingston and maybe a big man. So that's what they need to concentrate going forward. We don't have time to develop maybe one or two, but going forward they need to, to lure these guys in and, and, and get some talent on here so we're not talking about this. Because when you lose one guy, Clay Thompson, all-star, Hall of Famer, but you shouldn't have that much drop-off in your game when one guy goes down. You should have enough talent on your team to sustain an injury like that. So, um, you, you know, great season. They fought hard, but going forward, we need to see something else. And also, if you guys can talk about that timeout, because I still don't get it. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good yeah. day. You got it. Thanks for the call, Covey. I know you got some thoughts on that. Let, let's hear from Steve Kerr because I think this is a good time rather than have us explain it. Steve Kerr was asked about it in the post-game Zoom room. So here was Steve Kerr's answer on not calling a timeout tied at the end of regulation. We chose not to. You know, we had our shooters on the floor. Uh, we had them on the on their heels a little bit. And, uh, you know, we knew we were going to run our high drag with uh, Steph and, and Draymond. And at that point, I didn't want to disrupt the momentum. We had the last shot. And uh, so we, we chose to, to go ahead and play. 
All right, so right from Steve Kerr's mouth on that point. Now, again, I know, Covey, you had a, a point on the roster composition here moving forward. Yeah, I, I've, I've maintained all year, like, just to give this team a little more balance. And I don't know how they're going to be able to accomplish it, but just front court scoring. I mean, let's face it. That's what you hoped you were drafting with James Wiseman, somebody uh, that could affect the game down near the painted area. And, and look, Draymond Green does a lot of things that help this basketball team. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, offensively, he spends a lot of time out beyond the arc. And then, you know, he's he's attacking the basket. Uh, but it's a lot of, you know, it's the motion offense, a lot of drawn kicks. Like, they need somebody that can just go down to the post and get you a bucket. And because, look, the Warriors are they're a jump-shooting team. I mean, there's no way around it. And that's okay when you have the greatest shooter in NBA history and, and ultimately Clay Thompson as well. That was the foundation for this team to go as far as they did but wasn't it nice when you had Kevin Durant for a couple years a guy that could just go get you a bucket go ISO him up and go beat somebody you know on the dribble or just pull up and rise over him and get you a bucket now I'm not you know there's obviously not a Kevin Durant out there but just somebody that can do that front court scoring bottom line like they I think they need to add that dimension to this basketball team uh, because then it just you know it, it, it just gives you another another shot in your bag another way to attack defenses and that gives you versatility and I think that's the that that will help the shooting as well because when teams have to honor that I mean we see it tonight like two and three guys out beyond the arc running at Steph and the Warriors aren't making him pay they make it too easy for the defense and if you had somebody that could do that I think it would give this offense a lot more balance yeah and and for me it's and I've said this all year long it I, I agree with the, the call I to me it's you you do need a backup point guard that's capable you do need a Iguodala type that that is a, a playmaker a stabilizer a wing a basically a wing that's good enough to start that comes off the bench I don't think that's going to be Kelly Oubre I think that ship has sailed maybe Kelly Oubre as an asset allows you to get that player uh, and, and again a lot of people take this as a knock on Jordan Poole and Juan Toscano Anderson it's not like if those guys are going to be in the rotation, the one thing we know about Steve Kerr, he's going to he, he's not doing the eight man thing. And he sure he sure as hell isn't doing it next year, <laughs> you know, to wear out Steph coming off of the way Steph played this year. So you're going to need 10 guys really that can play and, and that you can trust. So if you believe that Steph and Clay and and Draymond and Wiggins and Wiseman are five and you believe Poole and JTA are are six and seven, and maybe Looney's eight, then you still need at least two more guys. And I actually think you need three because I don't think you can count on Wiseman at the beginning of the season next year to be a, a factor on a game-in, game-out basis. So that goes to the point we're talking about you know, going and getting a big man. So I, I think even if you like Poole and even if you like JTA and think they are rotation pieces for next year, you still need three other slots to, to be filled, I think, if this team really wants to, to solidify themselves, be injury-protected, and also contend uh, in that top half of the Western Conference. Rolling this team back with Clay, it ain't going to do it – ain't, it, 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 it ain't it. Because it, 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 they would have to work too hard over the course of a season to get to that point. And, and what happens if Steph gets – like, you need Steph insurance. You need Clay insurance. You need Wiseman insurance. Like, hell, you even probably need Wiggins insurance just because 
uh, you need somebody else if you lose Ubre that can be kind of that two-way uh, defensive wing. So long-winded answer there, uh, but I think you and I, Covey, are, are on the same page. Let, let's hear a little bit from Draymond Green, by the way. Uh, this was a, an interesting cut, one that perked my ear and kind of following as we're doing the show here, some of the sound from the post-game Zoom room, and we'll get some Curry and we'll get a little more Kerr as well. Uh, Draymond was asked, though, about the offseason, and he he – he gave an answer that that struck me. Anthony Slater asked him if he, uh, you know, how involved he would may be in that whole process. I definitely expect to be extremely involved. You have to dive in, you know. This, you know, looking back on this year, I think there were a lot of successes that came out of this year, but we did not win a championship. So you have to go back to the drawing board and and try to figure it out. And and that's what we that's what we're going to do. That's what I'm looking forward to. It. There are some things that need to be discussed uh, between myself, Steph, Clay, coach staff, front office. Like this is, this has always been a, a group thing. You know, uh, we've always done it all together. And <clears throat> this summer it's extremely important that we do sit down, go, go back to the drawing board as one. Uh, if, if we're going to get back to where it is that we want to go, those conversations have to, has to be had. And I'm looking forward to having them. So there you go. Your thoughts. <laughs> That sounds about right. Uh, we know Draymond's never been shy about weighing in on anybody else's contractual status or roster composition. I think, though, look, man, it, th these guys have always maintained it's collaborative. I know earlier this year uh, when, when Bob Myers was on with uh, with Steiny Guru and Dibs, you know, he talked about Steph. He views him as a, you know, a partner, uh, you know, in the firm, basically. So these guys have earned that, man. They've, they've brought in that level of hardware and their input. They, they're the ones playing the games. Like, I think their input is valuable. No question and so um i and look i i think draymond sees the same things that we do like this team does need some some tinkering no doubt because they don't want to be the the sixth seed next year with clay and wiseman back they want to go win another championship and you know we can debate you know the the validity of that goal but if you're not trying to do that then what the hell are you in it for so i i agree that if they want to get there then things need to change to a certain degree. But the good news is Steph reminded us all this year that he is more than capable of being the lead dog. He's one of the best players on the planet still to this day. Hopefully Clay can come back. But I think that's the other point, and it's, it, it validates what you said, J.D., uh, about adding other pieces and having some insurance. Because as you know, Clay ain't going to be at 100% near the, uh, at the beginning of next year. Wiseman ain't going to be at 100% at the beginning of next year. It's really going to be about weathering the storm early and hoping that this team can hit their stride in the second half next year and maintaining their health through the attrition of that time. So having a bunch of roster depth is going to be critical, not having these other guys play a bunch of minutes when they're not ready to. Let's get to Priest in Oakland. Priest is up next here. Hey, Priest. Yeah, you guys were basically hitting on it to talk about. Kovey, you, you make it a lot of sense, buddy. That inside game, the Warriors forever, for, have won a lot of games without an inside force, and they need that. They desperately need that. That would have taken a ton of – Wiseman alone and didn't be able to focus on the stretch of the season. Uh, All right, thanks, Priest. Priest. Yeah, we're losing Priest there. Uh, the Warriors need a lot of different things. And I think that answer from Draymond, like, that tells you. And we're going to hear from Steph as well on this. Like, it just – it that to me, that answer from Draymond tells you this team needs to think and is going to think big 
as far as – it sounded to me like, hey, I'm getting older, Draymond saying that, and Steph's getting older, and, and we proved this year a certain level we can play at and, and can hold a, a team up. But there was a hint of we can't be waiting around is how I took that uh, tone from, from Draymond and that, you know, like you said, partners in the firm and, and quoting Bob Myers. And, you know, because I think a lot of times what happens, Covey, and, 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 you know, I'm looking at the text line, I'm looking at Twitter, like people, we start looking at next year. Look, we're going to have a lot of time to look at next year. But <laughs> a lot of the simple answers for the fans are, well, the 14th pick and maybe the Minnesota pick conveys. And I'm just, I'm just, it's going to be fascinating because I think there's a certain portion of the Warriors fan base that looks at it and thinks that that's the answer, you know, draft those two guys and those are the two pieces. But then I think there's another point of view where it's more like, uh uh-uh, you can't draft and wait around. Like you can't get two more Wisemans, you know, that you have to wait two years to to be like, you got to turn those chips into into players that can help this team, you know, vault to a championship. So I think that's going to be a big time theme of of this offseason. I think Draymond kind of set the tone there. Yeah, no question. And look, you've got, you know, Steph, Clay and Draymond who are all on the other side of 30 uh, and still have massive numbers attached to their contract. And the good news is Steph still looks like he's he's up for a couple of more years of, of playing, uh, you know, at, at a, an elite level. That's great news. That was maybe the greatest thing we learned this year was that Steph still has a whole lot of smoke left in that gun. Um, but there, when you have these veteran players that are under contract for big money for the next couple of years, I know they'll have to work out Steph's contract, but you know Draymond's going to be around, Clay's going to be around. So with that in mind, there has to be a win now, uh, you know, mentality for this roster. You can't do both. You can't do the well. We want to have some young players and maybe bring them along, and hopefully they'll be ready to take over when Steph and Dre and Clay, uh, you know, ride off into the sunset. You can, you try and split that difference. You're going to come up short. You're either all in and you have a championship core or you're rebuilding. If you're trying to do both, you're going to you're going to end up doing neither. So, they're going to have to and honestly when when these guys are under contract, these veterans, these future Hall of Famers, the, you know, the way that they are, the, the choice is clear. Now, hopefully Wiseman can can be a, a factor next year and help this team, but look, if that means trading the Minnesota pick, uh, then that's what it means. You know, they ha- they're going to have to get this team better with guys that are ready to help next year, not sitting around waiting for a couple of draft picks this year and James Wiseman to hopefully develop two or three years from now. They don't have that kind of time. Yeah, and look, if the, if you can get a pick that you think can come in and be a rotation player, then make the pick. But but it can't be a scenario where you've got basically Wiseman and two draft picks that are out of your rotation, you know, because you're trying to contend for a championship sitting down there in the 11, 12, and 13 spots basically on a given night uh, be, because you're, you know, trying to win every night and, and you can't do both. I'm, I'm with you on that 100%. Uh, we do have a couple of more callers. We got, we got some great sound. I, I owe Sterling a break here. So we'll keep it going a little bit into the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, this is how we do it, man. This is, this is our final show of the year, so we'll keep it rolling. Uh, John Dickinson, Ryan Covey, Warriors wrap-up. Dubs lose to the Grizzlies tonight, 117-112. to 112. You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. You know, we're going to have some guys come back who are so much further along than they were 
um, in training camp this year. So our depth is going to improve. And, uh, you know, we've got, got some assets with uh, possibly a couple of first-round picks and, uh, you know, some uh, some great, great veteran players like Steph and Draymond. And, and obviously, Clay coming back uh, will, uh, will, will change a lot about our team. So very exciting. we got a lot of work to do this summer, but uh, we're all we're all excited about it. Now, back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson and Ryan Covey on 95.7 The Game. Another heartbreaker for the Warriors. Grizzlies knock out Golden State in the play-in tournament elimination round. Grizzlies win it 117-112 to 112 in overtime. Covey, you hear from Steve Kerr there. Are, are, they, are they players or are they assets? A little bit of a tell from Steve Kerr there, huh? <laughs> Hey, look, everybody knows that the the guys that were in this, uh, you know, on this roster this year, there's going to be a lot of them that are going to be around, uh, and there's going to be some that won't. Every team has turnover, and when expectations for a franchise are as high as they are for this Warriors group, and rightfully so, uh, knowing what you've got committed contractually to some of these guys the next couple of years, you don't have to look too far to see who's expendable. And you know, I maintain what I said in the last segment. If you're, you need to make up your mind. If you're going to be a rebuilding team, great. Go ahead. And use those picks and develop them for the next couple of years. If you're trying to win a championship in, in 2021 and 2022, uh, well, not 2021, uh, but 2022, 2023, um, you know, and one of those years, having more veteran depth on this basketball team should be priority number one, two, and three. Well, let's get to Robin uh, cleaning up uh, on the phone lines. Robin in the city. Hey, Robin, how are you? Yeah, I yeah I, I worked too, but I did this for the. I didn't want her to drive. She's at home. She's drunk. So I told her I'll come and get it. But and I texted her what oh. kind because I know there's different kinds. Robin's right? having a conversation. And Rob, Robin, uh, we got to put Robin on. Yeah, we got to put Robin on hold. Robin, uh, apologies. Said <laughs> so Robin, you're Robin. You're you're on the you're on the line. Uh, Robin's one of our favorites, so we'll, we'll put Robin on hold. If if we can get Robin squared away, we'll get back to her. If not, maybe I'll talk to Robin tomorrow on Warriors this week. She, she loves giving us a call on that show as well. Uh, l- let's hear some more sound, though. Uh, Kent Bazemore, you talk about letting things slip, Covey. Uh, Kent Bazemore uh, was obviously tight with Stephen Curry, and we know Curry's been playing with the bruised tailbone. Uh, Kent Bazemore talked about Steph's season, and then uh, wait for the breaking news here that uh, Kent Bazemore dropped. Man, that dude is unbelievable. I go get tape while he's kind of wrapping up, you know, before the meeting, and he's getting his his his, his little butt pad put in. You know, no one's talking about the the hairline fraction, his tailbone that he got a couple weeks ago, or tweaked ankle here and there. Like, dude is just a machine. You know, inspiration uh, is just unreal. You know, he's regardless of how we're feeling. You know, regardless of how he's feeling, he'll never let you know. You know, he goes out and he leads by example, and you follow. That's the true true definition of a leader right there. He doesn't have to – he got into his one game. I think they got on film early in the year when everybody was frustrated. But for the most part, you know, he's leading by example. Dude just lays it on the line. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to kind of be back here and, and watch this historic season from, you know, a guy that I, you know, I love like a brother. Like I say, I mean, it, it's going to take some time for me to really, really grasp, you know, what just happened. But the, the records he's, you know, being over 33 and, you know, the records of, uh, I mean, I can't, it's too many to remember right now. But I'm just extremely proud that, you know, he continues to raise the bar, not only for himself, but everyone that's chasing 
And, you know, I'll go back to my little hamstring thing. I can relate to that because, you know, I've been playing through stuff all year just trying to keep up. So, you know, I won't, you know, just singling, you know, one guy out. It's just a, you know, everybody's playing through something just to, you know, to be out there with your guy and go hard. So, you know, amazing year from him. Big, big, big decision coming up here in the next couple of days about the three letters. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, so hairline fracture in the tailbone. I thought it was a bruised tailbone, Covey. <laughs> Not surprising at all. Not surprising at all that it was uh, more serious than a bruise. Bruises typically go away in about a week. Um, Steph's been dealing with this for the past two months. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all, and it doesn't surprise me at all that Steph Curry didn't go on the record. Uh, you know, he, he wanted to maybe shy away from that as much as possible because he also didn't want the opposition trying to hammer him on his butt every time as part of the let's slow Steph Curry down plan. Um, you know, he had the special chair, had the, the butt pad, as, as Baze called it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, But it just it speaks to Steph's a warrior, man. Like, there's the, that's the best way you could describe it. Steph Curry is a freaking warrior. And no matter how pissed off Warriors fans are, and how disappointed, whether you feel this team can get back to the title at some point or not, Steph Curry played an MVP season this year, played his ass off, played through injury, and led. If anybody thinks Steph Curry has anything to prove for the legacy, what he can do, miss me with all of that and then some. Steph Curry is a freaking legend, and he played like it this year just like he has his entire career. And I will keep going back to April the 10th when the Warriors had dipped to four games under five hundred, and this is 20 games to go in the season, and it looks like trouble for the Warriors. I mean, it looks, you know, Steph's banged up, and at, at that particular point, Steph, and I think Draymond as well, but it but it all was Steph, because he was talked about as 10th or 12th in national circles as far as the MVP race at that point. He wound up at least third, if not higher, when it was all said and done. Steph made the statement with 20 games to go that he was going to refuse to allow the Warriors to just tap out and, and go quietly in, into the offseason. I mean, and he pulled them up and led the way for everybody else, what wound up being an eight-man band down the stretch for a good chunk of that final 20 to get the Warriors in a spot where they had two chances to win one in these last three nights. They came up short. It's incredibly disappointing. But when you look at what he did, he 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 just refused. He was not going to be he was not going to allow the Warriors to go out like chumps. That that's just the no. simplest way I can put it. No question. And he didn't. And they didn't go out like chumps. And Steph reminded all of us that he's he's the greatest shooter in NBA history. And look, the other thing too is uh, you know, and and look, we can shower Steph with praise and and adulation and and rightfully so. But the thing that Warriors fans when when you go to bed tonight, Think about the future and what the next couple years can look like for this basketball team. Steph Curry has multiple years of his prime left, provided those ankles can hold up and hopefully that tailbone will heal up real nice. He's obviously got a couple of months now to, to kick on back. Steph Curry has taken great care of himself. He's in phenomenal shape. He's got a couple of more years playing, I think, at an elite level, uh, and then even a couple more years after that if he wants to keep going. It's a testament to, to his conditioning and his diet and all of that. So the, the work that he's put in in the weight room, Steph's going to be around for a while. Uh, he's got a good three years left, I think, at the highest level, at least two, and uh, hopefully the Warriors can, can get themselves back into the NBA Finals at some point during that run. Uh, and guess what? He's getting his splash brother back next year as well, which is going to make life a lot easier for everybody around here. 
Let's hear a couple of Steph Curry cuts before we uh, call it a night and unfortunately call it uh, a season. Uh, Here was Steph on how he's digesting this season overall. I have no idea. This is very unfamiliar territory, obviously, with the plan and not, you know, this being the end of the season. Very uh, tough way to end it with these last two games coming down to the wire and us giving everything we had in the tank. Proud of every single person in the Oakland uniform tonight all season, you know, from 15 wins last year, injuries and all that to what we made out of this year. Pretty damn impressive. It's a very uh, tough way to go out and we would love to be playing on Sunday. You can't lose sight of the big picture in terms of where people had us at the beginning of the season, what we were dealt with, the injuries and inexperienced lineup changes all year. You know, we're two fourth quarters away from being a seven or eight seed. So it's it's weird all the way around. But we uh, had a good session in the locker room after the game where everybody's, you know, sick to their stomach, disappointed and frustrated that this is the end. This is how you're going out. But it's okay to pat yourself on the back for doing something that really nobody thought we could do. So I don't think there's any uh, moral victories, but this is it's weird because we're not a, we're not used to this, but we're definitely proud of ourselves. Yeah, and I think that's the, the, the right tone. You're disappointed, but you're also proud considering where you were six weeks ago and considering the group that, that finished this season. It's not all bad as much as it hurts tonight for Warrior, for the Warriors and their fans. Yeah, and I also think, too, that's also Steph's way of reminding us who he had to play with down the stretch this year. Like, nobody thought we could do anything. Like, because realistically, like, JTA, Michael Mulder, Jordan Poole, Kent Bazemore, like, these aren't exactly household names in the NBA, and they played great basketball down the stretch. So, uh, and I maintain, too, as Draymond is your number two most important piece, the fact that he's not a scorer, like, that's tough to overcome. And and I know Wiggins is a, you know, a really nice two-way player, but Draymond is the second most important player on the Golden State Warriors. Wiggins is the second best scorer right now, but Draymond is the second most important player. Uh, and the fact that he can't be a scorer with any regularity just ramps up the pressure on Steph. Now, it's a unique relationship because... A, so much of what he does defensively, and B, so much of Steph's success is tied directly to Draymond Green. So they kind of, you know, those two things go hand in hand. But it is, it's a unique situation. And I appreciate Steph just kind of keeping it real how it is. Like, no, nobody expected this team to do anything. They won 15 games last year, right? And so, uh, yeah, these guys coming back and, and having this roster in a lot better condition than it was last year, um, you know, obviously they were going to be better. But I didn't think to the tune of 39 and 33, especially like, oh, I don't know, when, uh, when they wrapped up you know coming home after beating uh, after losing to Atlanta or you know losing to the Wizards with the Bradley Beal four-point play I don't think any of us were thinking that the Warriors were going to go 39 and 33 at that point so it's not how you start it's how you finish they had a great run down the stretch but unfortunately the finish tonight hurts because as he said two great you know two fourth quarters away from dude they could have been the seventh seed playing the freaking Suns and have action in round one instead you know it's over so that sucks yeah, it really does. Uh, let's hear another Steph Curry cut uh, on. He was asked about next season and uh, if the team, you know, the team will be officially back. You can start talking like that now, based on how the outcome is tonight. But you never cheat a year or cheat a season by saying or focusing on anything but the moment. So I get that there's the 30,000 foot view of of who we are as a team and and what we're used to in terms of firepower and that consensus that we're 
who we say we are going into a season and how people view us inside the league, media, whatever. That conversation, those conversations are going to pick up now. But there's a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty and decisions that need to go into this summer for sure. Let's keep it real about you know how we become that team again, and you know we'll we'll figure those things out as we go. But uh, you know right now it's still still fresh this this journey we've been on you know since November and. You know, the guys that I've been able to suit up with, there's been a lot of growth and development. And again, from 15 wins to where we are now, that's it's not what we're used to, but it's a step in the right direction in terms of getting back there. Let's be real about it. Again, I, I, I don't want to make too much of it, but the tone for me from Steph and, and Draymond and even Steve Kerr when asked about you know the future and the draft picks, and, and he uses the term assets. Like I, I For me, there's some early tells that these guys understand that they have to they have to make a significant improvement. It's not just a yeah, Clay's back and Wiseman's back and and you like all the guys that you had this year and that's going to be good enough. I to me there's an undertone of an understanding that a more dramatic infusion is going to have to happen to this roster. Bobby's going shopping. <laughs> I mean, straight up, like Bob Myers is getting busy this offseason. I, I I agree, J.D. I'm hearing the same things you are, partner. And they owe it to Steph and Draymond and Clay and even Steve Kerr, for that matter, to go ahead and do that because they're paying these guys a lot of money and they still have tread on their tires. And this team, it, look, Joe Lacob, he, they built the freaking Chase Center. They got it privately funded, man. Like, Joe Lacob ain't trying to see this be the end. He's, you know, he wants this to be just another chapter in the book and, and a great rally for this franchise. So, yeah, man, they're going big this offseason because when have Joe Lacob and company ever not gone big? It's who they are in life as venture capitalists, as owners. That's what this franchise has become, and I think Warriors fans should feel great about that. They're going to rest on their laurels and run it back. Michael Mulder ain't going to be playing no 20 minutes a year next year. With all due respect, but come on, man, like that's not where the – that's not where the standard is for this organization. Their hand was forced this year, just like last year. And I had a couple people kind of coming down my road on my Twitter timeline about, you know, the, the 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 front office failed them this year. It's like you have to understand how this team got into this position, maxing out that salary cap every year, going into the luxury tax, handing out massive contracts to keep this band together to go to five straight finals and win three titles. It was special. And the fact that – they're kind of having to, to deal with a little bit of the fallout from that now based on some of their contractual situations. There may be a lack of maneuverability. That's okay. Like, that's that's the price that you have to pay. But the good news is there's still plenty of ways that they can get better, and this is a really smart group of people that understand basketball, understand personnel, and understand roster composition. So if there's any Warrior fan out there thinking that, like, these guys don't know what the heck they're doing, you haven't been paying attention for the last 30 years and then what the last five years look like before these last two. So these guys are all sharp. They're competent men. They, they want to win, uh, and, and they're going to make some decisions this offseason that are going to make this team a contender in the West next year. I freaking guarantee it. And they have the means to do it, and that's the part that I think you know makes it you know that why there should be some optimism moving forward as far as the Warriors go, because you do have Steph coming back, and you do have Clay, and you do have Draymond, and you do have Wiggins, and Wiseman is in his own category, I think, right now. You like the development of Poole. JTA is going to be there. And, but then you have the two picks that you can use. You have the Ubre slot that you can use. You have a mid-level exception that you can use. Uh, 
there are opportunities. It's not like this team is completely strapped. And they've, and they've shown, I mean, that's the one thing you could never question is the willingness to spend and pay luxury tax. Maybe you're not going to do it necessarily for fringe roster types, you know, on a year where you're, you know, floundering around 500 and you got a bunch of injuries just to get into a play-in tournament. Maybe you're not going to do that. But the the Warriors have proven, and Joe Lacob has proven time and time again, that, that he, you know, they went and got Kelly Oubre. Like, the, the big-ticket items to help hold this team up, and Kelly Oubre, uh, who I think has probably played his last game with the Warriors already, uh, you know, they went and spent to make that happen, and he helped them for all of the flaws and the odd fits. Like, he helped them, and that was a move that a lot of franchises wouldn't have made. So I know there's some consternation among some fans, Covey, that, that oh, they should have gone, and they needed to get a center, and they needed to get extra depth, and they should have done it sooner. Like, to me, it, it wasn't going to change. Like, Jordan Bell in March wasn't going to change anything. Like, with all due respect to Jordan Bell, like, he wasn't going to change anything. You know, Gary Payton being on the team, you know, for an extra 10 days wasn't going to change anything. No no disrespect to him. But but they've shown they'll go get the Ubres and they'll go spend the mid-level if it means going into the luxury tax. They've got the assets and the pieces to make this thing happen, which is why it's going to be, uh, I, I think, just an incredible offseason. Yeah, totally agree with everything you just said. And, you know, for anybody that's doubting it, just come holler at me in October, you know, when uh, <laughs> when we'll see what the Warriors are fielding on opening night. Uh, and and really, too, I mean, let's just keep it real for a second. Regardless of all the other moves that they have to make, they desperately need to have Clay Thompson back and healthy in the fold next year. Like, he is just such an integral part of this team on both ends of the floor, the style that they want to play, his leadership, his personality, Everything about what Clay brings to the table has been sorely missed the last couple of years. It's a freaking crying shame that that guy hasn't had a chance to play basketball since they were in the finals against the Raptors a couple of years ago. It sucks. But just hope against hope, man, that Clay's injury woes are behind him. We know he worked his ass off to come back from the ACL. Expect nothing but the same from the Achilles. Is he going to be the same player? Only time will tell. But I maintain you don't go far betting against Clay Thompson either. So they desperately need to get him back. It's not going to be enough, but getting Clay back healthy next year is a huge box to check if this team wants to win a championship again. Well said, my man. Hey, uh, as we finish it up here tonight, what a ride. I know it's a, a disappointing end, as you had tweeted out, my man, but uh, I, I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure as we kind of run through our, our, our final thoughts and our, and our thank yous uh, to everyone for this season, the 72 games in the regular season, the two games here in the play-in tournament, 74 of them. I know uh, I, I, we were we we both were in the 70-plus club this year. I know there were a handful <laughs> that I missed uh, post-game, and there, but you could count them on one hand both ways, and I'm talking pre- yeah. and post-games combined for both of us. Uh, it wouldn't be five, the, the total number that we missed, and I, I just want to tell you just personally and professionally – uh, what a pleasure it has been to to do the pregame and the postgame with you all year long. And, and obviously the final word uh, on the in-between nights. Uh, it, it was a compelling team to talk about all year long. And I, I just appreciate and respect the hell out of the fact that uh, you know, you're a gamer and you took the ball and you were there. Uh, again, 70 plus out of the 74 uh, so mad respect. It's a bummer that it's coming to an end, but the good news is we're going to be back on Monday at six o'clock. We're going to be talking about the off season. So that's the fun. Uh, the games being gone is going to be a bummer, 
but uh, I, I appreciate uh, you know us getting the opportunity to, to work together on this this season. And uh, it, it's going to be a fun offseason to continue to talk Warriors basketball. So thank you uh, for all of your hard work throughout the course of this season and, and helping uh, be a part of both the pregame and the postgame. Uh, JD, man, I love you, dude. Straight up, you're, you're the best partner a guy could ask for, man. A straight up professional. You bring it every night, too. I know, uh, I know we're not handing each other some Oscars right now or anything, but no, man, I, I just I echo those same sentiments wholeheartedly. For people that want to know a little bit about John Dickinson, and the listeners know that. I mean, you've been at 95-7 the game over 10 freaking years now, 20 years in the game. Um, I just love working with a dude that just is always ready to go. Uh, so thank you for everything that you do behind the scenes for this show, making sure that everybody's buttoned up, making sure we got the sound we need and uh, just making sure that we stay on track like you 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 drive this this ship so I'm along for the ride um, I know we switched chairs in the final word but uh, so I think we both have a strong measure of appreciation for the job the other one does because we both we both do the other job so um, pretty cool dynamic there and having a lot of fun man um, and, and obviously, you know, thanks to Matt Nahigian uh, and Danny Fry, of course, for letting us get the opportunity. Saint the last couple of days, uh, Jim Barnett as well. Um, and obviously, you know, I know you're going to thank everybody back at the station. And um, before we wrap up, man, I just wanted to say quickly, it, it's been a brutally tough time in our society. And I know people are getting vaccinated right now and, and things are on the uptick. I saw the report that there's no COVID cases in the ICU at SF General right now. Um, I saw I, I'm. I'm 99% sure that's what I saw on KTVU today. But regardless, we're on the right track. I just, I got to say, though, um, my wife, you know, she's Canadian. And, and her best friend, Laura, her brother right now, Mark Kinghorn, Marky Mark, he's actually a pro wrestler up in Canada. Uh, he was going to get his COVID vaccination. Um, and the day before, he caught COVID. And he's been in the ICU. He's on a ventilator. Brett the freaking hitman heart, like, shot him out a video today uh, telling him keep his head up and stay wow. positive and kick out. Um, this dude, he's, he's young. He's in great shape. Uh, and he's fighting for his life right now. So it's affected my wife. So, therefore, you know it's affected me. So I want to dedicate this show tonight to Mark Kinghorn. Uh, and, and you just keep on fighting, Marky Mark, uh, from, from down here in California. But, again, much love, J.D. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be on this bad boy again next year. And if nothing else, you and I will be getting down Monday, breaking down this whole season. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, my man, and, and, and all the best uh, to, to Mark uh, as well as, as he keeps up that fight. Uh, definitely uh, some, some kind words and, and, and some big-time respect and, and, and thoughts uh, headed his way. Uh, good stuff, my man. Uh, as always, we'll talk to you on Monday. I, I do want to thank everybody here, uh, and it's been a, a, a huge crew. Matt Nahigian, as you mentioned, obviously Jim Barnett as well, Gary St. Jean these last couple of games. Uh, everybody back in the studio, Bobby Spang uh, producing the, the pregames uh, all year long, Sterling Bennett, who's been uh, on the board for the pre- and the postgame. Ryan Mauser was with us uh, for a good chunk of the season. Uh, Craig Valentino, uh, Arden Cravalo behind the scenes, Mark Grandy, uh, Sam Weissman, who was actually his last day today at 95-7 the game, moving Thanks, on Sam. to uh, uh, bigger and better things there. Uh, I think for him, he thinks that. I think it's actually a bummer because Sam's a, been a great guy to work with over the years, as I told him. Uh, and Sam Lubman as well uh, over the course of, of these last five months. Uh, all doing terrific work back in our San Francisco studios, which has allowed us to put this show 
uh, on the air uh, each and every night here 74 times uh, since December the 22nd. So uh, appreciate it. Thanks to everybody. Uh, for Ryan Covey, uh, I'm John Dickinson. That's going to do it for us. We're back on the final word, 6 o'clock, tomorrow, uh, six o'clock Monday, rather, uh, <laughs> until 10. I'm back tomorrow at 9. Uh, we'll put a bow on this one, the final uh, episode of the year for Warriors this week uh, with Nick Friedel. Uh, and uh, we'll talk on Monday on, on the final word. So the Warriors, unfortunately, their season comes to an end tonight. Grizzlies, they beat the Dubs in overtime, 117-112. to And you heard it right here. You're home for Warriors basketball, 95-7 the game.